This is St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast Channel, Episode 8, the title of which is, Do You Suffer, suffer from Cognitive Dissonance? But first, a prayer. St. Teresa of the Infant Jesus, who did show so much love for your divine spouse and did ever hold that deeds even most brilliant without love count as nothing, that true love is nourished by sacrifice, obtain for me, I beseech you, from the Lord Jesus, a face strong enough to raise me above all earthly things, a love without bound or limit, the grace to do his holy will, and so that no trial or suffering shall ever be able to separate me from Jesus and his blessed mother. I likewise entreat you, St. Teresa, to obtain for me the particular favor I ask in this novena, if it be an honor and glory of God to the salvation of my own soul and the welfare of those whom I pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Okay, this is going to be a shorter episode, and I want to start it out with a definition from the Oxford Learner's Dictionary. Um, actually, it's dictionaries.com, and it's the, the definition for cognitive dissidence. And it states, cognitive dissidence is the discomfort that we feel when our deeply held beliefs do not match what, what, what is evident in reality. I'm going to repeat that. Cognitive dissidence is the discomfort that we feel when our deeply held beliefs do not match what is evident in reality. And by the way, um, I searched for this on the internet. I don't have a lot of books. It took me 15 minutes to find this definition. Um, that's more of a commentary on um, that. It's more of a commentary on uh, the internet than it is on anything else. So the reason I'm doing this episode is I had a situation a couple days ago where I wrote a comment on a YouTube channel congratulating what, are, what is known as a semi-traditionalist for recognizing that Vatican II is heretical. Now, make perfectly clear what I'm saying. All I did was this... this uh, this person's on YouTube, he has a channel, and he was a semi-traditionalist, which means that he recognized Vatican II as a legitimate council. And then I watched one of his broadcasts where he basically said, hey, I think Vatican II is the problem. It's, it's not the priests or whatever. I think Vatican, the Vatican II council is the issue. And he renounced Vatican II, and I congratulated him on that. And I was very nice and I was very polite. And but that's all I said. Didn't insult nobody, didn't didn't issue any challenges. I just congratulated the man because I think he made the right choice. Well, a couple days ago I received I received 
a reply from a person trying to defend the Council of Vatican II. I replied, you know, to his comment, he was, he was basically telling me I was wrong for thinking that Vatican II is heretical. I replied to him that I was not going to argue, and I repeat, I was not going to argue with somebody with cognitive dissidence. I also reiterated the point of Catholic dogma, and this is a point of Catholic dogma, that truth cannot contradict itself. Now, um, when it comes to religious truth, it is a point of pre-Vatican II Catholic dogma, not, not after Vatican II, but pre-Vatican II Catholic dogma, that the Catholic Church is the truth when it comes to religion. And, um, you know, there can only be one truth. You can't have multiple truths. That is, that is what is known as the error of, um, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, I for uh, I forget the the name of this particular error, but basically it, it, it's basically well, your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth. I forget what they call it anyway. Um, I also told him to research the Sedevacantist position outside of the superficial way, outside of a superficial way, and I gave him the list of two, well, not a list, I gave him two podcasts explaining the Sedevacantist position. Now, I want to make very clear, not insult the guy, did not call him a moron, I no way insulted him. I just told him, I don't want to debate the point with you. You're coming at this superficially. I can tell already. I gave him, you know, uh, I gave him some resources where, you know, if he's open-minded, he can look at those resources and make his own judgment. The person that I replied to then gave me a second reply with a post from a Vatican II shill saying that the council was legitimate. And sadly for me, I made a mistake. And the mistake was, as I replied to his second, his second uh, reply to me. Um, I will admit in the second reply, I, I was not charitable. I basically told him, Look, you know, I'm not interested in debating this with you. You know, go bother somebody else. Then he posted a third reply, which if if I had been thinking clear and been in the right spiritual frame of mind, um, I probably would have handled this differently. Maybe not made the second reply. I just should have ignored him. His third reply, he said that he didn't have cognitive dissonance, stating that he 
recognized Vatican II as legitimate. As my last reply, I asked him what part of I was not going to debate him about Vatican II being legitimate. And uh, I asked him what part of that he didn't understand and that if he continued on, I was going to ban him or block him, rather, block him. It wasn't my, wasn't my channel, it was somebody else's. Um, but I said I was going to block him because this is this is YouTube chat. If somebody gets on your nerves on your replies, you can block them from seeing their uh, their replies to you if they're being uh, stupid with you. Now, I realized I did not handle this situation as well as I should have. Um. I, I lost my charity um, and, and I basically lost my charity with him. But after it happened, I got to thinking. And while I was thinking, I was, I was saying to myself, well, maybe this should be a good episode to do for the channel. And... My questions are this. Number one, why are you going to post on a comment not even related to what you believe in in the first place to argue your point? Meaning, I was congratulating the channel operator of that YouTube channel for, for recognizing the Vatican II is heretical. And then he wanted to argue with me that no, Vatican II is legitimate. The reason I'm asked, uh, the, the, the reason for the first point is, is first of all, it wasn't addressed to him. In other words, he didn't write a, a reply to the uh, channel owner and argue that Le Vatican I was legitimate, at least as far as I can tell. Um, but I, I can promise you, I did not post a reply to him. It was to the channel owner. So why would he choose my reply instead of arguing with the channel owner about the legitimacy of Vatican one? I'm sorry, Vatican two, my bad Vatican two. Why wouldn't he ask, you know, challenge that guy? Why is he challenging me? I'm just saying. You know, I'm, I was part of the former Vatican II sect. I realized that it was heretical and I got out. Why would this guy want to argue with me instead of the, 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 the guy who posted the video? But I digress. Number two. When the original poster tells you directly that he's not interested in invading your false beliefs, why do you keep trying to debate him? Now, this is what I'm going to say. Either he's a bad faith actor trying to get me into an argument with him, 
after I told him I did not want to debate him or he's somebody with a closed mind. And either way, you know, if he's a bad faith actor and he's trying to draw me into to something that I'm not interested in, that's bad. And if he has a closed mind, that's bad in the sense that I could tell already after I given him resources that, you know, he can check my belief system. And instead of, you know, checking these resources and getting back to me, which by the way, the, the, the two podcasts in question are deal mainly with the heresies of Vatican two council. So they're, we're, we're, we're talking, you know, dozens of episodes, you know, some, some are about 45 minutes, but some can go up to like two to three hours each. When he comes back at me the you know, within like 12 hours, I know that he has not even attempted to check my, you know, my resources that I've given him. And that leads me to another thought. Maybe he has cognitive dissonance, meaning he truly believes that Vatican II is legitimate, is, is a legitimate council. Even like I said previously, I could tell that he hadn't really given the set of Vacantis position any thought or even done the research. You know, if if he had even done the set of Vacantis research, it would have taken him longer than 12 hours. I mean, it, it took me three years, you know. Now, granted, in those three years, I wasn't uh, as uh, I wasn't as um, studious as I should have been, diligent. But it took me three years to get to this point, maybe four, but definitely three. Um. And he's going to come back. And, and I think the reason why he came back at me 12 hours later is, just, as you know, YouTube is global. So I suspect this person was halfway across the world. And because of the time difference, he probably was in bed or working or whatever when I gave my replies to him. So, it, you know, I mean... For the sake of charity, I could say that in those 12 hours um, that he did attempt to research the argument and, you know, may have disagreed with it, but from appearances sake, it looked like there was a time, a 12 hour time difference between him and I. And the reason I gave this person the set of a contest podcast was if he thought that his position was true, he could listen to my position, which is set of a contest and come to the understanding of what set of contism is. In other words, to understand and not treat me like I'm a fool who doesn't, you know, has no free will and is too stupid to understand what's at stake here. 
And what's at stake here is if Catholicism, and I'm talking true Catholicism, I'm not talking about that that uh, abortion that they call Vatican II Catholicism is true, then if I'm wrong about my position, let's just say Vatican II is the true Catholic Church, then under Catholic doctrine, if I die in this state, I will go to hell. Okay? I'm not going to speak for anyone else. I kind of value my soul. I kind of value... uh, I kind of value not going to hell. I kind of value being with uh, God and Jesus and the uh, Holy Mother. So when, 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 he, when it appears to me that he was assuming that I was ignorant of the facts at hand and You can go back to one of my previous episodes where I talked about the problems with interacting on internet boards. Basically, he doesn't know me and I don't know him. So when you're doing that, you can't read clues about the person. Although, in my defense, in the post that I wrote to the the channel owner of the guy whose video I was complimenting, I wrote that I had been a member of the Vatican II Church, um, you know, that I had been in the Vatican II Church and that I got out in 2016 or 17. I'm not sure which year I put. Um, so What that leads me to believe is, is, is that if he read my original comment, he had to know I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not somebody that is unfamiliar with the Vatican II church. Um, for those of you who may not have heard my previous episodes, uh, I was a member of the Vatican II church from 2004 to 2016. I didn't officially leave. I just stopped going, mainly because I, I could see inherent contradictions um, after 1958. Now, given this fact, I suspect that the person was a troll Given the given the given the reason that I gave him resources so that because I could tell by his replies he had he he had absolutely no idea what set of accountism was. Now I'm sure you know that if he's a Vatican II guy, he had like a shallow understanding, mainly that. A lot of Vatican II people write off the set of Acontis as schismatics or heretics or both. So I'm sure he had that understanding, but he had no idea of the, the doctrinal and liturgical reasons for set of Acontism. 
you know, but I gave him, you know, I gave him the opportunity to at least, at least to challenge his own belief system, you know, because by the way, you know, be, 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 before this year, well, let me go back in 2000. Oh, I left the, the church in 2000, or I shouldn't say the church, the sect. I left the sect in 2016 or 2017, and I was on Twitter at the time, and I became aware of said of Acantism because I was involved in Catholic Twitter at the time. And when they told me about said of Acantism, like I said, I hadn't done my due diligence completely, but that didn't mean I wasn't still reading and researching. I just had gotten, I'd gotten uh, more lazy than I like to admit. And I, you know, I probably should have studied harder at that time, but I had never heard a set of a contism. And so between 2018 and this year, you know, um, I interacted with set of a contest, um, you know, I I listened to their podcast. I basically had an open mind because I'd never heard of this position. And to make my point even clearer, I did think that the Vatican II sect, what you guys think of as the true Catholic Church, was the true Catholic Church. And when I started noticing the difference and what had been written before 1958 and what came out of Vatican II, I was really disheartened because I'm thinking one of the things when I was going through RCIA, when I joined the Vatican II sect, the, the priest, Vatican II guy, said Catholic truth cannot contradict itself. Now, those of you who are supposed to be Catholic should know what that means. But I'm seeing contradictions. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I know Catholicism is the true religion. What I don't understand is, is how, how can it contradict itself? How can we go from being orthodox to doing things that contradict church teachings from 1958 backwards. How, how can we do these things? And I was disheartened and I was dismayed. And, you know, um, my relationship with God was already shaky to begin with. And then, you know, when I, when I started thinking about this, you know, maybe part of it was an excuse for me to you know, to, to, to give in to despair. But part of it was an actual disheartenment because as far as I'm concerned, I'm still Catholic. <laughs> I'm still Catholic. I'm just not Vatican II Catholic. There's a difference, but we'll get into that later.
Now, the reason why, um, you know, uh, I may have lost my charity with him. Well, I didn't may. I did lose my charity with him. But the reason I lost my charity with him, because I suspected, because he did not want to challenge his deeply held belief that the Vatican II church is the true Catholic church, was because he, I gave him three clear indicators that I did not want to debate him. Okay, I gave him three clear. Now, while I'm saying this, I'm going to I'm going to add a couple things. Number 1, if if your mind is closed and obvious, well, to uh, to me the appearance was that his mind was closed. Well, if your mind is closed and all you want to do is sit and have a um all she want to do is have a fruitless debate with somebody, you know, over the interwebs. You know, if I give you three clear indicators, hey, you know, I'm not interested. Why are you still trying to draw me into a debate I don't want to have? And two, um, in my mind, if he were interested in the truth, then he would he would be interested in, in, in investigating what, he be, what his beliefs were, no matter where they may lead him. I'm going to repeat. If he were interested in the truth, and there's no higher truth than the religious truth, then he would be interested in investigating his beliefs. No matter where the truth may lead him. In other words, you follow things to their logical conclusions. I've mentioned this on previous episodes, but this bears repeating. Because a lot of people, and this this goes back to being more comfortable with a... A... uh, a comfortable lie than a hard truth. Because if he did the research and God led him to the truth, which is Vatican II is heretical, then that means everything that he's ever been up until that point has been a lie. And he's going to have to make some serious changes. And I don't know about you guys. That's a very uncomfortable position. You know, I can't, I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for me. When, when I realized that, well, when I realized of the set of a contest position, that was actually a blessing for me. And I recognized it at the time. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Because I realized that I was at a crossroads. I know I didn't want to go back to what I was, but I knew I couldn't stay in the Vatican II church because it obviously wasn't true Catholicism. So a lot of people do not want to, do not want to take the truth or the 
I'm sorry. Yeah, nobody wants to take the logical truth to wherever it leads them. They always throw up roadblocks. Ah, I can't do this. I can't do this. This this can't be true. This can't be true. Even though they know, even though they know the situation or whatever it is they believe in is a complete and utter lie. It's just much comfortable staying where you're at than, than actually um, making the effort to, to change your life, basically. Now, I could tell he was ignorant of Catholicism in the fact that if you believe Vatican II is legitimate counsel, you don't understand Catholicism prior to, prior to Vatican II. That was my jumping off point. Because as I said, I didn't study as hard as I should, but I le- read a lot of books in history of the church prior to Vatican II. And then I started, because when you when you go through RCIA in the Vatican II sect, they give you a copy of um, anti-Pope John Paul II's uh, catechism. They give you a copy, and you're supposed to read what you can and um, form your understanding. And I, as I'm doing this reading of uh, Catholic theology and history prior to 1958, I started to realize, I started remembering some of the stuff I'd read in that catechism. I'm like, wait a minute. This doesn't square. This this is obviously false. And I'm talking about Vatican II, not the pre-Vatican II teaching. And like I said, Vatican II Council contradicts Catholic teachings prior to the Council. Now, I'm going to say this. This is not egoism. This is not thinking I'm, I'm a uh, 500 IQ genius. I was lazy and ignorant. I was lazy and ignorant. When I was in the Vatican II sect. But even I recognized before I left. That there were contradictions. Serious contradictions. Okay. So if this person. And like I said on the internet. There's no. There's no um, context. I don't know this guy. I don't know how long he's been in the Vatican II church. I don't know if he's a convert. I don't know if he's what they call a cradle Catholic. I know none of this garbage. But regardless, I can tell the man does not know Catholicism at all if he claims the Vatican II is legitimate. Because if he did, if he... That's why I'm saying I'm not a 500 IQ genius. I barely graduated from high school and I never went to college. Didn't interest me. But if a guy that's relatively uneducated like myself can see the blatant errors of Vatican II, 
And I don't know about this guy. Like I said, I don't know his context, but I'm I'm I am treating him like an intelligent person because anybody with intelligence who knows their Catholicism is going to see right from the get-go. There, there, there's, you know, this isn't right. What they're teaching contradicts previous teachings. Now, I also understand that human nature is real. <laughs> People have a variety of reasons why they have cognitive dissidence. You know, maybe family, friends, position, whatever. I do understand that. Also, I can conclude in the end, in my, in my opinion, and this opinion was based on the limited interaction I had with him, was that this person, from appearances, from appearances, was not interested in the truth. He was not interested in the truth. You know, sometimes you may think something is, you know, just beyond the pale, you know, beyond the pale. It's just, you can't, you know, it sounds so unreal that it can't possibly be true. But if you do the research and you find out, well, yeah, um, what I thought was a conspiracy theory actually is the truth. What that takes is a willingness to follow the truth to its logical conclusion. And like I said, I do understand human nature. One of the things about human nature is, is we do not want to step outside our comfort zone. We do not want to do the heavy lifting. We don't want to, we don't want to challenge our belief system. So, I guess in closing, I've always said that Vatican II, is, uh, the Vatican II sect, I should say, um, a lot of its uh, heresies in the, in the documents of Vatican II are basically Protestantism with a Catholic facade. Now, it's been 50 years since Vatican II, over 50 years, probably close to 60. So a lot of the people that grew up under the traditional church have died. They've died. And a lot of, I'm a Gen Xer, so from Gen Xer on to... Uh, the Zoomers have grown up under Vatican II. And so there are a multitude of factors at play here, but, um, you know, there's, there's the factor that their parents accepted Vatican II and passed that down to them. And because, you know, you think your parents have your best interests at heart, you just go along with the program. Or um, the a lot of the heirs of Vatican II 
had to do with trying to get the Catholic Church to um, be more acceptable to modern society, which Catholicism, true Catholicism, I might add, uh, prior to 1958, was not part of modern society, at, at least the people who truly had faith in it. They, they were not part of modern society. They did not think like modern society. I, when I say this, I'm not making a broad brush. I'm saying that there were people that understood that we are in the world. We're not part of it. Um, so in other words, they're getting, you know, they're, they're raised in this, in this false teaching and they don't realize it's false is to put it another way. And then there's the society, the societal currents at large. And by the way, I just remembered the word I wanted to use earlier it is cultural relativism. My truth is my truth. Your church is uh, your truth is your truth. And we can't question each other. So we have a lot of that and sundry and multiple errors of the modern society at work. And I've mentioned this on other episodes. I'm not going to assume you've listened to my other episodes. Basically, there's an internet saying that says a fish in water doesn't know it's in water. In other words, the cultural currents that carry us along through life, we're not aware of all of them. We may be aware of some aspects, but we're not aware of all of them. You know, we are a product of our time and place. And I'm not going to go back because I've said this on previous episodes. I've made examples. But we are a product of the society we're in. So basically, if you can hear this podcast, we are basically a product of late 20th century, early 21st century society. And because Vatican II is basically Protestantism with a Catholic facade, a lot of Protestant heresies have seeped into people who consider themselves to be Catholic. One of these errors is is they are not interested in religious truth and i say this because if you thought that there can be only one true way to get to heaven one true way to worship jesus if you thought this if you thought this and you actually believed it and you became aware that well, what you thought was the, the true church to get you into heaven, be it a Protestant church or the Vatican II sect, was not the true religion, then you would leave that religion immediately and become set of a contest. And basically set of a contestism is to believe that the Catholic Church before 1958 was the true Catholic Church. Now, I don't know why a Protestant would listen, or for that matter, an atheist or agnostic 
would listen to this particular podcast. But I also want to point out, if you are a Protestant listening to this, I've also been a Protestant. I basically went from paganism to Protestantism to the Vatican II sect to Sedevacantism. Because when it came to religion, I had no preconceived notions. And by the way, if you want to get an understanding from my context, I would suggest listening to the channel introduction. I explain exactly, you know, not too deeply, because this isn't about me. This is about doing this for Jesus Christ. So this is not about me, but I do give my general history in, in the channel introduction. So I invite you to listen to that. So anyway, I'm humbly begging and beseeching you. Because I, I would like as many people to, to not only get the right faith, but to get the right relationship with Jesus and his mother. Okay? Um, I can honestly say that Mother Mary and, and Jesus Christ have kept me, kept me, plugging along all this time and they have brought me comfort in in the midst of my trials and tribulations they have really brought me comfort and for that i am i am more grateful even though i do understand from a spiritual point of view that my gratitude is it's not complete but as far as I'm able to be grateful and loving, I can say, as far as I'm aware, I am very grateful and I do love them and the true church very much. So I'm going to add some resources for Set of Accountants podcasts on YouTube mostly. There's a couple that they do have a presence on YouTube, but their main presence is on um, podcast channels on the interwebs, mainly Spotify and SoundCloud. But I will add, um, I, I will list a, a, some set of a contest research, or I'm sorry, some set of a contest uh, podcast if you don't like reading books, which by the way, you should read books. Because they give you context and more information than a podcast can. Anyway, I want to say thank you for listening to me. I really appreciate it. I am praying for you. I'm praying for all of you. And I just want to say, God bless you. God loves you very much. And I'd really like to see you come to that understanding. Thank you. Have a good day. Goodbye.